Hey, what's going on? Today we're talking to Mark Freitman with Free Donations Productions, his company for podcasting. We talked about his favorite social media networks and his love affair for Kesha. This is the Marketing Natives, providing actionable ways to grow, improve, and succeed in your business. And now, your hosts, Christian and Aaron. Awesome. All right, let's get this started. All right, Mark, thank you for being on our show. Now, let's just talk a little bit about your company. Just tell us about Free Donations Productions. Uh, well, I, I produce podcasts mainly, um, a lot of audio. I dabble in video, nowhere near the video that you guys do, though. And um, I just believe that anyone who has a website, anyone who does any kind of content, um, really could use a podcast. Absolutely. And actually, now that we're jumping into the podcast, we have some really good podcast questions, but... I think that we should break the the ice or go back a little bit. So you guys know Mark owns a podcast production company, mm-hmm. but uh, we didn't tell Mark what questions we we're going to ask. We're just going to have a conversation. <laughs> but there's a couple of things I know about Mark, and I want to get it recorded while we're candid here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Mark is a twin, uh, correct? Yeah, that is correct. Yeah. Awesome. So whenever you've explained it to me anyway, you guys are complete like polar opposites as far as like, I mean, you look the same, right? You're identical twins, but, um, personality wise, you're a little bit different. Can you expand on that? Um, there are certain things that we are really different at. He's a lot more outgoing than I'm, believe it or not, I'm an introvert. I'm, I'm really kind of shy. Um, which is surprising to a lot of people, and a lot of people kind of call BS on that when they. I do. If, if you've you, been on the radio for yeah. so long, and <laughs> but but I am I am. It takes a lot. I'm out of my comfort zone right now, as a matter of fact. Um, but he's um, a lot more outgoing than I am. Um, little things like um, when we play poker, um, I realized this within the last year. He is the type of dude who just bluffs all the time, <laughs> and, and I don't bet unless I have the winning hand. Um, so I'm not going to do that. And the real interesting thing to me on a very deep, like scientific level is we are identical twins. We grew up in the same house, uh, same parents, obviously. Um, and we basically, the way I see it is we had the same exact experiences until we got to be like nine or 10 years old where you start kind of going off your separate ways. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, he has a completely different outlook on our childhood than I do. And to the point where his wife has asked, are y'all sure you grew up in the same house? Because we will have the um, different memories of the same exact event. And uh, one of the examples I use is we, um, my parents were paycheck to paycheck. Um, we, weren't, we weren't poor, but we weren't rich by any stretch of imagination. And when we went to Ranger games, we would sit in the, in the cheap seats because mm-hmm. that's what we could afford. And I remember thinking back, well, it's so cool that we got to go to the Ranger game. And Heck yeah. Yeah. Well, evidently, he was sitting there thinking, why can't we sit in the good seats? <laughs> and so I look back on it with very, very appreciative and, and a lot of gratitude that, hey, I got to go to those Ranger games. And evidently, he looks at it like he missed out because he wasn't sitting behind home plate. Dang. So stuff he, like that. He's local here too, right? Yeah. He's in McKinney, Frisco. Does he own a prod, uh, podcast production company, no, too? No, he doesn't. <laughs> that's, an, that's another thing, too, is um, we're nowhere near as close as people think twins should be. Mm-hmm. And we don't hate each other or anything like that, but um, to the point where... What's his email so I can share this podcast with him? <laughs> well, that's another story I'll tell you. So, um, Sandra from the Allen Fairview Chamber of Commerce, she's the membership director. Right. Um, we took a picture at a ribbon cutting, and... 
one of Sandra's friends outside the chamber said, hey, is that Joel Friedman's brother you're sitting next to in the picture? And she said, yes, I guess it was. <laughs> and later on, probably like six or seven weeks later, we're all at another event. Someone asked me what my brother did for a living. And I said, well, he runs a computer help desk for a mortgage company. And she said, she said, no, he doesn't. He, he runs the IT department for Citibank. Oh, my God. <laughs> so she knew more about what he did than I did. Wow. <laughs> I guess it doesn't really come up, you know, no. you're usually fighting about other stuff. <laughs> okay, so I, we can we can probably dive back into that. But I have one more question that I know, because um, this is kind of an entrepreneurial-style podcast, but this isn't your first technical business. I think you told me you used to own, like, a convenience store. Yes. And... Um, I'm just curious what got you into owning, you know, hey, I'm going to buy a convenience store. And, you know, was it a dream or like? (laughs) Not at all. Not at all. Um, Basically, my first job out of college was Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Oh, nice. Yeah. And what they do at Enterprise, it's it's actually genius. It's the way I would run a company. They only hire college grads, mm-hmm. which I don't know. Did y'all ever interview with Enterprise at all? Come I actually no. well, we have a good friend that that works at Enterprise. So. Yeah, but I turned. I she actually our good friend got us to the point where like I was going to make the decision. Like they offered me the job, and mm-hmm. I just said that I wasn't going to take it, and I went somewhere else. So I'd went all the way through the process, which is a really good process of like how they interview and who you have to talk to. I think I did like three or four interviews. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the, what they do is everyone's a management trainee, and they start you off at an awfully, awfully low salary. My first salary coming out of college, now this was 91, but it's still, it was 92, mm-hmm. and still an awful salary, was $15,400 a year. Ooh, dang. Okay, and so you don't start getting paid there until you get your first promotion. Wow. And so I was working there making that you know, 15 and it's a lot of hours too, right? It's a ton of hours. But you know what? It's it's great training for the real world too, though, hmm. um, because enterprise leases to people and they rent to people who have their cars in the shop or they've been involved in accidents and stuff. So no one's coming in because they're happy. Every all, every customer that comes in is coming in off of a bad situation, right? And then you have to manage the inventory of cars and stuff like that. So you have to deal um, with a lot of people in a lot of different situations, but. Um, I worked my way through high school and college at a restaurant in Richardson. The owner of the restaurant in Richardson called me about right after I got my first promotion to Enterprise. And he told me he was going through a divorce and he had to sell his portion of the restaurant to his ex-wife in the divorce settlement. And so he wanted to know if I wanted to go into business with him. Hmm. And I said, I've got less than $1,000 in the bank right now. I can't go into business with you. And he explained to me that he found a convenience store and a restaurant in Rowlett over by Lake Ray Hubbard that was kind of dilapidated. He said, we can, we can buy it for 35000 Wow. And he said, we'll borrow the money and we'll pay it back. So you don't have to have equity. You'll earn your equity. Um, we'll buy it, we'll run it, we'll remodel it, and we'll sell it. So that's how I got into the convenience store business. So it was a restaurant too? Then. Yes. Very cool. Like, yes. is it the restaurant like a quick trip kind of thing or like an actual? No, it was doing... actual full service. I mean, it was like a, we called it the country cafe. Yeah. So it was like a diner, but you know. A little cracker barrel Waitresses. inside of a quick trip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. In gas station. How long um, were you running that for? Um, okay, well, that's interesting. We ran it for about two years, and we actually made money running it. Hmm. Um, part of the reason we made mon- money running it was kind of sad because in Raleigh at the time, there were no grocery stores, but a lot of convenience stores. But we were the only American-owned one. Uh. And so, I mean, we didn't outwardly take advantage of it, but... People knew. Yeah, Yeah. people knew. It's like, yeah, Um, people talk. But we we ended up selling it to a guy named Tommy Kwan, who was Vanilla Ice's manager. 
Hmm. Yeah. So that was kind of interesting. How, so I don't know if I missed that part or not, but you from 92 and then how long? Uh, about two years. Two years oh, okay. Yeah. Two years. Yeah. Um, awesome. All right. I'll just let you take over at this point. That's, those are, are my two. Editing, my two are you only. editing all this out, by the way, or are you going to keep Do it? Do it. Are you going to edit all this out? Nope. Okay. <laughs> nope. No. <laughs> we're very raw. If you listen to our podcast, I mean, you listen yeah. to our podcast. Yeah, we're very raw. I mean, so we, might, we might take out a few things if, if, if it doesn't make sense. Or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Depending on how it flows. But yeah, yeah more than likely, we're just, hey, this regular conversation. Cool. <laughs> Unless there was something about the convenience store that you oh, wanted no. to say else. And, you know. We're good. <laughs> you didn't ask me about when I was a small town bookie or anything like that. <laughs> That's off the air. Well, you guys will have yeah. to message Mark about that. Cool. <laughs> um, so I guess the, uh, my next question would be, you know, Free Donation Productions, um, how and why did you get started doing podcasts? Okay. Well, come from the radio side. I was mm-hmm. at the ticket in ESPN mm-hmm. um, for about um, 24 years. Mm-hmm. And I thought what I was going to do, because the radio industry, as you guys know, all the media industry, they're having a heck of a time trying to figure out how to deal with the digital world right Mm -hmm. and radio newsprint um they all have the same issues and i thought that i would just take my radio show make it a podcast Mm -hmm. but i had a six-month non-compete with the radio station and i left on very good terms didn't burn any bridges and the the radio station probably wouldn't have done anything about that Mm non-compete um but i didn't want to take any chances Mm -hmm. and i also want to get involved in the community so i figured you know for the next six months i can get involved in the community and then I'll take my radio show and make it a podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, during that six months, I joined the chamber. Ooh, shout out. Were you already living in Allen? I've lived in Allen since 2004. Yes. Okay. All right. And That's I crazy. don't have any kids. So even though I wanted to get involved in the community, the fact that I didn't even coach soccer. Right. You know, I didn't have that entry into the community. Mm-hmm. And then my radio schedule, I had a lot of travel and a lot of weird hours kept me from being able to be involved. So mm-hmm. I figured that six months would really a way for me to be able to get involved kickstart now you have the bug yeah because <laughs> you're part of the school board as well right well i was on a um a committee for the school board <laughs> okay um for the failed bond package yeah i'm d- still upset about yeah i was gonna say so failed bond here in allen just to give some background we were voting on a bunch of stuff for the or at least the bond was for the school district rather um and they voted against that and they voted against the term limit or they, they voted, voted for term, term limits yeah. yes but yeah i've gotten really involved in the community yeah. Uh, and you're also a board member of the Chamber of Commerce, too, for yes. the Allen Fairview. And ironically, we do the marketing for that. So now we're on the other side of this. So if Mark dislikes us, he's going to fire us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're doing a great job. Thank you, thank you. Have you always wanted to sort of start your own business? Or was, was that always the, the end goal for you? You know, um, not, not necessarily. But um, I've always been um, entrepreneurial type minded. I didn't I didn't really know until I got into this. Mm hmm. Um, how natural it was for me because, um, for example, I thought that I was really going to miss radio. Radio, sports radio is a great. I mean, I was very fortunate to um, be able to do what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, feel like I haven't worked since I was 23 years old because, you know, I'm talking sports. Right, right. <laughs> I'm traveling with the Cowboys. I'm going to Super Bowls. I'm going to the World Series and stuff like that. And I really thought that I was going to miss it. And not only do I not miss it, but I don't think I would go back. As a matter of fact, um, a radio station in Waco, I don't know if I told you about this, Aaron, mm-hmm. but a, um, about two or three months ago, a radio station in Waco called me. I knew the program director um, and one of the hosts there and asked if I'd be interested in um, possibly doing a 10 to noon show. Hmm. 
um, there, but being able to do it from my office here at Jaeger. Oh, really? And I, my, I asked, can I record it and send it to you guys? And he said, well, no, you, it'd have to be live. And I said, I don't think I'm interested in doing anything live. going to miss ribbon cuttings. Um, well, you know what? <laughs> it's just the thought. And, and you guys are probably the same way. You guys are working your butts off. Mm-hmm. But, but you get to make your own schedule even though... Right, we're all recording this on a Saturday, just yeah. so everybody knows. <laughs> exactly, but um, but it's your time. You feel right. like you're more control, and I didn't want to be in a position where I had to be at my office every day at seven o'clock, even though I'm pretty much at my office every day at six thirty. But it's my choice, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a psychological thing, but you know, I really love being able to be in control. Yeah, well, maybe he'll come back to you and just be like, "Okay, yeah, send yeah. it to me." What do you well, think? you know what? That's the future. Yeah, that's, just that's, pre-recording and sending it over. That's I mean, ESPN's already doing that. They're they're actually airing podcasts on their radio stations um, on the weekend. Smart. Yeah, it, it really is, and eventually they'll figure it out. Um, on the ticket yesterday, um, if you're here local in, in the Metroplex, um, their afternoon show recorded an interview with um, Troy Aikman and Roger Staubach. Mm-hmm. But the way they did it was, and they actually called it a podcast, even though it's not a podcast, but they did it in podcast formatics okay and um it just just a whole lot it's more efficient to do it that way yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. and it's i guess it's better for the the end user i guess too like the person actually interviewing Mm -hmm. interesting that sounds like an awesome interview too yeah oh it was great job now Uh, are you currently doing i mean you're doing the allen in action where you're basically the the host of, mm -hmm. of the show um, is there any future within like the sports area? Um, I'm doing a, a couple. I'm, my voice is on a couple um, okay. sports podcasts. One called the Clubhouse, okay, which is a sports podcast that um, yeah, I've listened to that one before. Providing content for another um, digital media company. Gotcha. Um, and then um, I produce the Doomsday Podcast, which is a Cowboys podcast. You'll hear me on that every once in a while, but usually I just am behind kind of the behind scenes. The scenes. Yeah. Awesome. And you also do, um, like a, not, a, well, not a lot, but I feel like you do quite a few nonprofit podcasts too. Yeah, I do a lot of faith-based. Okay. Um, and I've started a podcast feed called Free Donation Community, mm-hmm. which is for nonprofits so that they can come in and promote what they want to promote. Um, and I don't charge them for that. So, I mean, to that end, do you think that podcasting really is for every business owner? Like some people say that, you know, I don't have anybody, I don't have anything to talk about, but you know, do you really feel like podcasts are for every business? Oh, I think every business owner should be involved in a podcast one way or the other, whether it's them doing their own podcast or advertising on someone else's. Um, Mm -hmm. For example, I've got a couple of realtors that do podcasts and I'm not a sales guy. I don't go out and, and sell the advertising at all right but to me i'm an idea guy um but to me you know if you're a home inspector if you're a home insurance person uh, insurance agent you know there's lots of things related to real estate a mortgage person that if you don't want to do your own podcast you can find someone else's podcast and promote yourself on that right just sponsor that yeah makes sense so as far as podcasting, what's been the biggest challenge for you? Like, you know, you started the business, you thought you were going to go one way and you did that for, you know, you went another way for six months and then were like, oh, I don't want to go and do the other stuff or this is, you know, way more fun and also probably more profitable too. Um, what's been the biggest challenge? Because you've been in business now like three years? Three years, yeah. Yeah. So what's been the biggest challenge with starting the starting the business? The, the first biggest challenge was myself because coming from radio, I was very cocky. And I looked at podcasts as kind of like, that's the minor leagues. Those are the guys that can get radio jobs or the 
the kids in their mom's basements. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's us. So, yeah, 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 no problem. But, but you know what? I was completely wrong um, about that. And it took me a couple months to realize how wrong I was that podcasts can be incredibly powerful and very effective and very efficient way to promote yourself and promote your businesses. Um, so that was the first challenge. Second challenge, and still kind of an ongoing, but it's getting easier and easier, is educating others on what podcasts are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but they've, they've become so so much more mainstream just in the last three years. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, especially with how easy it is in your cars to listen to podcasts now. Yeah. Um, I remember Bluetooth. the last time I actually turned the radio on. on See, and that's actually. a challenge for radio. That's, you know, the, I, the first thing for radio, I know we, we're not talking about radio here, but I will. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Is that I was in talk radio and talk radio is a little bit protected because it's all original content. Mm-hmm. But music I can't tell you the last time I listened to music on a terrestrial radio station. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm a music listener, I'm either going to listen to Satellite or, or I'm going to listen to Spotify or my own playlist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so radio is really challenged um, yeah. like that. And even in, in talk radio, it's getting to be more challenged because you're not just competing with the lo- other local talk radio stations. You're competing with podcasts. You're competing with, you know, streaming radio. So. It's, so speaking of uh, playlists and stuff, um, like, <laughs> I feel like that's a good, I don't know why Christian's laughing, but I mean, unless he knows Mark's playlist, but Mark, like if somebody pulled out your playlist, you know, what's, what's the top three most listened to songs and artists, you know, um, what kind of music do you get down to? You know what? I've been told I have the playlist of a 14 year old girl. <laughs> um, I would say probably just educated guess. I guess we can look it up, but most played would be. Britney Spears. Nice. Um, like new stuff, old stuff? What, what, what are you feeling with the Britneys? Um, probably the old stuff. Okay. Like hit me baby one more time there kind of go. stuff? <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, a little toxic. Yeah. Toxic. Um, mm-hmm. Miley Cyrus was a big player. I'm not sure she would still rank if you actually yeah. looked at the stats on my playlist. Um, Kesha. was. I, I was telling you guys before we started <laughs> that I actually went to a Kesha concert by myself. Nice. Yeah. What's and your favorite song by Kesha? Um, TikTok. Okay. I mean, he showed us a new song uh, that we've never heard of. It's called Dinosaur. And I got to tell you, it's great. Yeah. Well, we love dinosaurs, so it's, you know, you know, we're biased, but (laughs) I'm also like a lot of Jerry Reed. Do you know who Jerry Reed is? No clue. No clue. Do you know Smokey the Bandit? Yeah. 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 Eastbound and Down, the theme to Jerry Reed, to to Smokey the Bandit is Jerry Reed. Oh, okay. He also sings a song called Patches, which is about a kid whose father was a farmer. And the farmer died, and the kid was 13 years old, had to take over the farm. It's a very sad song. Gosh. Yeah, I'm going to avoid that one. Okay. Gosh. All right. So the manliest of manly talks about football and, you know, everything like the gridiron. And then, you know, after you get done talking about somebody smashing somebody's face in and getting a concussion, you go over there and listen to, you know, hit me baby one more time. This is, this is a good, (laughs) it's a good balance. Yeah. It is a good balance. (laughs) You got to have both sides. It's, you know, otherwise it's just, it's the grind. Um, so speaking of the growth with your business, I mean, you have quite a few podcast feeds going out. You work with nonprofits. Um, what it, like, do you do anything to advertise or just like good production and people just word of mouth? It's, it's pretty much word of mouth. Now, I had an advantage coming from the radio mm-hmm. side because a lot of people knew me, um, which was actually very interesting in the chamber or any of these networking groups I go to. Um, it's like half the people know me from radio mm-hmm. and the other path or other half are like, how the hell is that podcast guy make any money? <laughs> you know, so it's either, Oh my gosh, I listen to you on the radio or who the hell are you? You know? Right. Um, but so that, that did give me a big advantage. I, I often do wonder 
if I could survive that first year mm-hmm. without the the radio experience and without the radio um, recognition. Well, at least in the community now, like I said, you're super involved in the community. So at least, you know, within a 15-mile radius of where we're, at, where we're at, or at least the Dallas Metroplex, you know, somebody's always just going to be like, hey, you should do a podcast. Who's the podcast guy? And the first thing that people say is, you know, Mark um, or Frito. Really, that's probably... I feel like whenever people introduce you, we have a, uh, a weekly networking group called Tuesday Morning Live for the Chamber, and I feel like the, depending on who the card caller is, they put in this business card, and they pull it out, and they just read the name on the card, or if they know who it is, they'll say Mark with Frito Nation Productions, or they'll go Frito, and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, am I supposed to call you Frito? I don't know, Mark. And so it's just like a, it's a it's synonymous with your real name. Which is always odd for me, the, the people, hey, can, can it's okay if I call you Frito? Right. Yeah, you can use my name, I'm fine yeah that's uh, i think that happened with uh melissa from top golf or whatever mm-hmm. you know shout out to top golf i love top golf yeah but. big shout out to top golf um just real quick yeah i coach some special olympics golf oh cool and thanks to melissa and top golf they're letting us use their bays to practice that's, that's awesome. awesome which that's is awesome. really awesome because now instead of being stuck out on a driving range watching those kids practice golf <laughs> i can watch tv at least <laughs> yeah, golf in the shade nice uh can christian join you yes awesome cool he was practicing in the office a little bit, and Mark was just making yeah. sure that he was not golfing. I wasn't. Um, I don't yeah. think I, I've ever golfed, actually. Really? Okay. I mean, top golf for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But besides that. Mm. Nice. All right, so we need a top golf outing. Uh, <laughs> cool. Um, okay, so we're big on social media. Mm-hmm. Besides podcasting the podcasting world, do you have a favorite social media network? Twitter. Twitter? Twitter is why okay twitter is really interesting to me because when i worked at espn espn um did a ton a ton of research you can imagine it's a disney company mm-hmm. ton of research a lot of um they had to go to a lot of seminars had to go to a lot of um corporate meetings mm-hmm. and they always had a spin they always had an angle um, in any meeting, any um, teamwork exercise, team building exercise they did. And it was a really good experience. You go up to Bristol, and people make fun of Bristol, Connecticut, because it's a small town. There's nothing to do there. I loved going up to Bristol and seeing ESPN and, mm-hmm. and going through the meetings because it was legitimate training. I mean, they were very professional. Um, so one of the, the more interesting things I ever experienced in one of those corporate meeting settings, which have you all ever been in those? Um, or you guys have always pretty much been... In I've been in, yeah, I've been in a couple of corporate meetings. I used to work at Interstate Batteries, so okay. we went to, and that was, I mean, it's a huge company, so yeah, I've been in it. It's, it's, it's okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it can, it can be very monotonous, very boring. Um, but at ESPN, they always had a mission in every meeting that you had, and mm. so kind of the fun part, fun part for me was, you know, you sitting there for like an hour and a half, and you're trying to figure, okay, what is the mission? What, at the end, how they're going to tie this in a bow? Well. We're in there with a bunch of producers and program directors. And the person facilitating the meeting asked, okay, just hypothetically, all you producers in here, if you were limited and you could only go to one website for your news, where would you go? And so the whole purpose of that question was that, I mean, they had some of the top producers, radio producers from the nation in there. And what this lady wanted to do was she wanted Christian to say, I'd go to SI.com. She wanted Aaron to say, I'd go to Deadspin, which mm-hmm. no one in ESPN would ever go to Deadspin, but um, go to Deadspin. And she wanted to con- compile a huge list of links. Was to- this auditory or was this written down? 
it was auditory. We were going through the room, but oh. she was writing it down on the whiteboard. Mm-hmm. And every one of the producers said, "Oh, it's easy, Twitter." Really? Because it compiles everything. Right. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if I um, like last night, I fell asleep at eight o'clock, and I was like, "Okay, who's going to win this game?" Uh, <laughs> go to Twitter. Yeah. So, now, now that's on the sports producing side. On the just my personal side, mm-hmm. um, I've definitely gotten into the trap of Facebook wormhole um, videos, watching. Nice. Well, like where you watch one video and then yeah. just keep scrolling and yeah. there's more That's videos. That's good. That videos. makes us more money. We appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it does. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm actually a big Twitter user as well. And I think the main reason is just like what you said, it compiles everything. And I think it's like also a huge, if you want to know what's trending right now, just go to mm-hmm. Twitter. I mean, you'll find out exactly what's going on and, you know, everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. Very, very easily. I was going to say, and it's quick too. Like if something happens, like crap, the internet's down. Where do we go it's to Twitter? Twitter? Hey, is your internet down? <laughs> yeah. Is your internet down? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> kind of a segue to that uh, a little bit anyway is working. So, if you could never work again, so you obviously worked in radio, doing podcasting now, own your own business. I mean, like you said, you haven't worked since you were 23. But if you could never work again, would you and why? Oh, no, I wouldn't. Would never. I, I would absolutely work. Now, what I might do, and I may do this anyway, is invest in an RV. Nice. And we would um, love to go. Well, <laughs> let us know. And take my show. And there are people doing this, so you know this isn't oh, a completely cool. original idea. Even though I would have thought about it my, myself, even if obviously way before them it. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But take the show on the road and yeah. just get in an RV and just live in the RV and just travel. All right. So bring us for like well, not for let's do like a month. But we'll bring video. Mm-hmm. We'll run our business from the road too. We'll kind of do it like game day. You know, you we'll run around, around <laughs> on the side, put some, uh, we can put magnets because, um, I don't want to mess up your RV, but we'll just put some <laughs> magnets. We'll go to major cities and then, yeah, I don't know how we're going to run with that yet, but I like that idea. It's, it's very possible for all of us to do that. Yeah. With what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys are a little bit more fancy than I am, but no, I mean, we just need our MacBooks. Yeah. And literally and good internet connection. Good internet. <laughs> yeah. So What's if we have good thing? internet and MacBooks, internet's getting so good everywhere you're Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can do that, and we're even like we can get five G and be able to transport know. a teleport ourselves. 5G. Well, that may be twenty twenty one, but you know, not twenty nineteen. Cool. And by the way, that's one of the things that um, is making podcasts a whole lot more mainstream. Also, mm-hmm. is just the level of technology and the more abundant, unlimited plans for your for your phones, and, yeah. and stuff like that. I heard, and you know, the Carson's Crusaders, yeah. This is great. The whole, um, you know how your parents would say, you know, in my day I walked to school uphill both ways, and yeah. they'd all complain. Yep. Well, <laughs> let's just say I'm going to get the ages wrong, but a 12-year-old sister got her first cell phone, mm-hmm. her, first, her first phone, and her 15-year-old brother looked at her and said, you know what, you will never know how hard it was when you had two, mega, two gigabytes of data. Oh you got it so easy with unlimited data. Oh my gosh! Like, I remember I actually have it in my backpack because I was going to bring it here for us to use as a prop. It's my very first cell phone. Mm-hmm. I just kept it. I'm kind of minor, minor hoarder. Yeah. Um, whatever. <laughs> anyway, so I still have that, and I was like, you had to like every key. You know how to say like, hey, you had to touch like, you know, four, four and buttons. then uh, <laughs> two, and then three or whatever to like actually spell everything out. That's the real struggle, kids. All right. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have a full on keyboard. <laughs> Not only that, but like you also got messages from your parent or like 
conversations with your parents because, hey, you sent a thousand messages this last month. You have 250. Where are you going to get the rest of this money? Because there was not unlimited text messages. It was you paid for each text. My first phone was a bag phone. Have you all seen the bag phones? Yes. Yeah. Seen a couple okay. on the Google. It was a, it was on, a, the Google. <laughs> on the Google. We can put it up. <laughs> it was a bag phone that no matter when I made the phone call, it was 30 cents a minute. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. 30 cents a minute. Now, and here's the thing. I was in college in Nacogdoches. There's no, there was no coverage in Nacogdoches at the time. <laughs> I, there was no need. And it cost me like $1,300 also. Oh, my gosh. And there was no need for me to have a bag phone in college with no coverage. But I but you were it. cool. Like, yeah. Did you walk to class with your bag phone? <laughs> no, I can't say that I did that. Dang. At least drive around and like let people know you had it in your car. That's right. I used, I used the hell out of it in Dallas, though. Yeah. Well, Dallas, awesome. yeah, because Dallas has already always been like a good telecom area yeah. uh, for a long time. But yeah, I remember my parents had they didn't have a bag phone, but it was very similar to that, like the next version of it we got in our van. And I was like, "What is this thing?" And they're like, "Yeah, we're supposed to make we can make calls from anywhere." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Wow!" <laughs> and that was like ninety five yeah, or whatever. Very exciting. Um. So obviously you can't spend thirteen hundred dollars. Uh, well, you can't spend thirteen hundred dollars on a very nice phone now. I think maybe a thousand bucks and you can get it. Yeah. So it's went a little bit cheaper. But if you only had a hundred dollars, um, so what's a purchase of a hundred dollars or less that has positively impacted your life? Oh my gosh! In the last six months, or in recent memory? Yeah, recent memory. Yeah. Oh, we Dude, can pause a, for a dead air here. A great question. Yeah, <laughs> we're trying to. That's our goal. Is like, let's stump the podcast guy. <laughs> Hundred dollars or less. Well, business wise. Um, yeah, it could be business or personal. Business wise, and you were the first one that I saw have this, the um, the contraption where you can hold your. Um, oh yeah, have it in my car. Um, was good. Another hundred dollars. I used this one yesterday, and I found it on Facebook. So this, you'll like. You guys will like this. Um, the clip that will hold your. Um, your phone to your dashboard mm-hmm. so oh. that you have heads up display basically. Yeah. And I used that driving down Nacogdoches yesterday. So that's it. And that was like nineteen ninety nine. Got it on nice. Yeah, okay. So uh make sure that you give us that link. We'll put that in the podcast show notes too, because okay. we may need to use that. Uh it's a, probably a business expense, I would say. Wait, that's, a great saying, that's the one that's uh like a little screen thing that mirrors your phone? No, or is it just a- it's 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 a, such a simple contraption. All it is it's like a visor clip. Okay. Okay. And uh, like a clipboard with a spring, and you open up the clipboard, you put your phone in there, and then you can put gotcha. the, the whole phone um, into your, like, dashboard. Dashboard, yeah. Gotcha. Huh. Yeah, okay. Definitely want to see that. Um, very cool. Next question that's going to stump you. In the last five years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? In you the last people. five years. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. Because I, my obvious answer, but I've been doing this for a lot more than five years. Okay, that's fine. Um, just be genuine. And and be genuine in your desire to help other people. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, um, not to pat myself on the back, it's something that has come naturally for me. Um, and it's something that I know doesn't come naturally for others. And it, that's, not, that's not to say anything negative of others, because I just think... That if you if you're not in that mindset, it's hard for you to understand how helping someone else can really make you feel good. Mm-hmm. Once you do it, it's real easy to understand. And I'll use the Special Olympics as a as an example. A lot of people, when I post pictures from Special Olympics basketball or you know what I'm doing with them, mm-hmm. they they want to pat me on the back and say that's so great that you're doing this. 
but it's actually the opposite. I mean, it's, it's you know, not to sound cliche, but it's, it's very selfish of me because I get so much out of helping them and, and doing things with them that it's something that I wouldn't give up at all. Right. And I don't deserve any credit for that at all. But being genuine with it, you can't fake it. Mm-hmm. You can't right. fake a desire to help other people. Um, but you can force yourself to, to put yourself in that mindset so that you can experience it. And then once you experience the joy of helping others, it hopefully will come natural to you. Right. Sense? Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think that like you probably at first, like people, there's a little bit of hesitance uh, to do it. Like as soon as they do, then I like I believe what you're saying. Like it's just a natural human emotion that you are going to feel good about it. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like. I, I, it's not the same feeling, but I feel like it's also like, yeah, you do a do good deed for somebody or you do the right thing with, you know, whatever it is. It's like, okay, that was, I could have chose to do this or I could have chose to do that. Um, and it's the right thing. And you're like, okay, I'm glad that, you know, I took more time or I spent more effort on this. And now because I did that, I feel better about it. Um, and there's something else too in business and you guys do this a lot. Um, as a matter of fact, I think you guys are probably one of the better examples of this is giving things away for free, um, helping others in business. And, and rather than when someone, I've seen you do this before, Aaron, when someone asks you a question, rather than you saying, well, let's set up an appointment and, and we'll talk about it, you will give the answer. And, I'm, you know, and I'll sit there and I'll think, you know, that's something you probably could have charged for. Yeah. <laughs> but in the, in the long run, um, giving things away, giving knowledge away, um, I met with someone the other day that's a, he's 22 years old. He can't afford me, but I told him I'd be very happy to help show him exactly what he needs to do to start a podcast. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I know you guys do and I've seen you guys do it. Is that that Boston fan The you know, what I'm talking about the guy who's a fan of the Steelers. Yes. Or Steelers <laughs> that's fan. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> shout out to that kid. We'll not give him names, but he needs to pick a better football team. Um, <laughs> so, all right. Uh, this is probably not going to stump you, but it is a good question. I don't think I've ever asked you this, but I'm, um, so what do you wish you would have known when you first started out? And it can't be the answer that you would have gotten involved in the community and done what you've done mm-hmm. now. And from when I first started in business or started out in life or whatever. Yeah. However you perceive okay. that. Multiple things. Okay. <laughs> okay. A in life. I wish I'd taken the advice of every older person and started saving money when I was, yeah. A teenager. And even before that, um, I wish I'd done that. Um, I wish I'd actually cared a little bit more about school, um, which is a weird thing because I'm on the board of the Alumni Association at Stephen F. Austin. I was just down there. And my college career, just so you all know, and I think you guys were all, you guys probably cared and made good grades and were very conscientious students. Yeah. I was about a B student. Yeah. Okay. See. And I didn't say I said C like that. Um, <laughs> oh, there you go. I did not let school get in the way of my college career at yeah. all. Oh, class class yeah. was not a priority for me at all. And I wish that had been different. But I also think, you know, maybe I wouldn't be who I am today if mm-hmm. if I wasn't so social. I was very social, even though I'm an introvert. Right. Um, but in college, I was a little bit more outgoing. You had liquid courage. Yes, a lot of liquid courage. <laughs> gotcha. Um, but I would have cared more about school. Um just because I can open up so many doors, mm-hmm. just the, the grade point average. Hmm. Um, in business, gosh, I'm still so young in business as far as my business is going right now. Hmm. Um, I wish that I, I wish that I had gotten off to a better start because, like I was starting to tell you guys before, I always looked at podcasts as minor leagues, and and since when I was starting out, I was just going to do my own podcast, right. and I already had 
my um, sponsors mm-hmm. in hand and everything. Um, I didn't know the power of them um, until I re- really started getting into some of the um, businesses that I helped start help promote mm-hmm. with podcast. And even right now, I wish I was more aggressive in telling people. I was going to say you're very modest in that. That's um, just a outsider's view. Because the truth matter, and I'll, this isn't. It's still modest. I need to do a better job of letting people know, especially the smaller businesses that are doing a lot of advertising. And, you know, it's one thing for a big business to spend a lot of money advertising. They can afford it Mm -hmm. um, and they can make some mistakes. They don't have to be quite as efficient. Right. They didn't show up on the radar as much. Yeah. But I need to do a better job informing these smaller businesses. Look, I'm not telling you you shouldn't spend money in print advertising, but if you're doing that, then you probably can spend your money a lot more efficiently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and advertise on some of these podcasts, the chamber podcasts that are so niche mm-hmm. that you'll be hitting your target a lot right. more often than paying to reach a lot of people that aren't going to be your customers. Yeah. I think you gave a really good analogy before is like, um, you know, even if you only had a couple hundred people listening to your podcast, if you could have your target market in a room with you and there is a hundred or 200 people mm-hmm. and they're just listening to you talk, like that's a really good analogy or a really good visual for people to see. Like, look, you may reach 10,000 people in that newspaper, but that's p- total people reached. And unless you're on the front page, there's no way they're you're reaching 10,000. You may get a hundred and of the hundred, are they really even listening or looking at you and being your target market versus one of your podcasts? As they're listening to Alan in action, they're not listening to it as just some you know regular consumer. They're probably you know wanting to find out about a community or a business owner. So it's a very targeted market. Um, and I think you gave that to me a while back, and I just I think that's a really good visual for people. I told the owner of the Wingstop who I go to church with, mm-hmm. um, but he owns a lot of Wingstops, and I told him, look. I can go and I can I can walk into your place of business and tell you I'm not going to tell you that you're going to have hundred thousand people listening to this podcast. I might even tell you not even tell you that there's going to be a thousand people, but I can tell you everyone listening either lives in or is thinking about moving to within a five mile radius of your store. Heck yeah! So, you know, it's it's just a whole lot more efficient. Mm-hmm. All right. Do we ask that last question? That, that hard that last harder question? Yeah. All right. So, yeah. what do you no, think? I'm nervous. <laughs> it's not as hard. Right? What do you think is something you failed at? And how did you learn from it? Something I failed at. Okay, this, gosh, it's, even in my head, this sounds very corny and very cliche. It's hard for me to answer that question. And it may be because of my faith um, or just life. Failures are not failures as far as I'm concerned. You're, you know, when you fail at something, it's, it, you're one step closer to achieving what you want to achieve. So mm-hmm. it's hard for me to, to look at a failure um gosh and have like a negative connotation yeah to it. like yeah. i mean it's, it's almost like i look forward to failing mm-hmm. um because i know that that's so what's been the biggest opportunity or the biggest setback who's like been a springboard for you you know so like not necessarily a failure maybe failure is the, the a negative connotation but what's the biggest learning experience See, guys, we stumped him. Yeah, you did. <laughs> we have a very easy one. We can come back to that question. No, I'm going to give you I'm, – I'm looking for just the, the magic answer there. <laughs> nice. All right. That's good. Because like, everything is a learning yeah. experience. So we're just trying to think – you know, you can't see the – Okay, you know what? Like I, I said, looking back, I failed a whole lot. 
when I was in my 20s and 30s just at life um, just because I wasn't um, I wouldn't like like I said I had the opportunity to go to college and I didn't take I didn't take advantage of those classes yeah mm-hmm. um, things like that so and that's why as I answered that question earlier mm-hmm. yeah you know I failed to get great grades in college but I think I came out okay Right. right. I was going to say, would you change anything now? That's like, that, and that's that's why it's so hard for me to answer the question because I don't think I would change too much. Exactly. I think like what you led into in the beginning was like it's a lot about your faith. So if you have a faith, you understand that. Look, sometimes there's a fork in the road, and then another fork, and then another fork. And if we were going to predestine this this road, then we would have gotten to a place that probably wouldn't be nearly as good as where you're at now. Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. okay. Like that the way was Aaron's able to put my words. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's because I know Mark. I've met him at least. <laughs> but you know once. That, that really is a hard question, though. But if you look at life that way, mm-hmm. um, and you know, it's, it's also I've told people that there's no there, there's no real problems in life if you have the faith mm-hmm. and you have the experience to know that every hard spot in life that I've had, I've come out better. Yeah, and I actually, since I'm the Christian, so um, I'm. I'm a firm believer in that philosophy too. I'm also a firm believer, and I send it to Christian too, that there's no real problems that you can solve with money. Yeah. So you don't have a real problem like, okay, I need a new car. Well, that can be solved with money. You can fix that. That's not a real problem. Cancer is a real problem, you know? Um, and even that, you could probably have the best doctors and you could solve that with money. Um, so anything that has to do like that, that's not really like a a real problem you know that's really bad to say necessarily on a podcast because some people may think that like i'm coming across as like i'm super loaded they would know that i'm driving a 2000 honda civic what's up which is why you're super loaded yeah yeah (laughs) no (laughs) but no that's the point is that like you know if it can be solved with money then you can always make more money so it's not like that's not a that's not a real problem in the world overpopulation AI, that's those are real problems AI, in the world. I like that. Yeah. Um, hey, going back, and you don't have to edit this in, but you just touched on something, and that is the biggest mistake I've made. Okay, let's and go. The, the biggest mistake I've made is not listening to people that I knew were telling the truth. Hmm. Um, not listening to my grandfather when he told me about saving money. Not listening to the college professor who said, hey, you may not think it's important, but probably should get an A in this class if you can. Mm-hmm. Um, not listening to people who've had the experiences, um, not listening to people that live through experiences, that, that know what kind of issues you're going to have, that can predict the future because they lived the future, they lived through it, and not taking the advice of others mm-hmm. um, is definitely the biggest mistake I've made. And that seriously is a mistake. Um, you bring up the money part. I spent the first... Even though I told you I, my first salary was fifteen thousand, but you know the first few years out of college, I spent trying to figure out how I'm going to make my first million dollars, mm-hmm. rather than just letting it happen, rather than just deciding what I wanted to do. I was very money driven. I was very when I had the convenience store. I was working ninety hours a week. Yeah, um, chase just chasing money. But I think not listening to the advice of experienced people mm-hmm. is something that a lot of young people fall into. Yeah, yeah. Wisdom is. It's so funny because it's like wisdom is so underrated, but you can't talk like sense into people who don't understand wisdom. And then when they finally do get it, it's too late for that. So it's like it's a unicorn. So obviously we're no exception to this. There's obviously, you know, oh, I should have probably listened to my parents, you know, respect (laughs) your elders. Like there's a reason that they say that or like, you know, you should listen to your grandparents. Um, So that's a good point. All right. So let's jump to a much easier question. And I'm upset because I know that this isn't your 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 answer right now, Mark, because. 
um, I've told you this for probably about a month now. We're still friends, but anyway. So the question <laughs> is, what is your current Netflix binge? Wow. Okay. I know where you're going with this. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I am. I just started watching um, a little mini series about the Central Park Five. Oh, cool. I heard about that. That's really good. Um, and I haven't seen it. It's only four episodes. And I'm halfway like hour episodes, or? It's, it's a little bit longer than an hour, I think. Um, I'm halfway through the second episode. It's fascinating to me how the whole crime drama stuff, and especially the docu um, dramas that are about real events, mm-hmm. um, and all law enforcement. I'm just fascinated by, and the psychology of how they were able to get these kids to confess to something they didn't do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and you know I can definitely see how it could happen, but watching. The interrogations and the dramatizations of the interrogations is very fascinating. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, no, we need to check that out. Yeah, it's on my watch list. All right. Second to last question. Actually, it is the last question, really. We, we don't want to uh, take too much of Mark's time or put him too much on the spot. But, uh, too late. <laughs> both of those. Both of those. I'm fine with time. I'm good. <laughs> um, so what does 2019 look like for Free Donation Productions? Or 2020. Or 2020. Um, hopefully it's 2019. Okay. Um, I'm about six months behind on this project. Um, what I've wanted to do, and I'm going to do it, is start three live streaming online stations. I hate to say radio stations. I think you talked to me about that before, it's right? it's not radio, but um, three audio streams. Um, one for faith, one for business, and one for women. They'll run 24 hours a day, They'll right? they run 24 hours. And basically what's going on is I've got... And it's just going to be the podcast production I already do, mm-hmm. just packaged differently. And so, for example, I've got six female-oriented podcasts that I do, that I produce. And basically the way my business model works right now is the people that I produce podcasts for are paying me to produce a podcast. Um, what I'd like to do is be able to lower that price mm-hmm. so I can get more people involved. And make up for it with a sponsorship. Yeah, advertising. So my thought process is I'm going to package those six different female-oriented podcasts, make a podcast stream, free donation female. Just, I just made it. That's, <laughs> but, and, and actually, um, woman to woman. Okay. Is, and, and just put all that content on that feed and have a title sponsor that at the beginning of every podcast, hey, this is a woman to woman podcast brought to you by Geritol. Hmm. Um, or whatever, and then that way I can lower my prices to get more content. Because what I really want to do is be able to provide very good content for women yep. to support each other, um, faith-based, so that you know you can be really niched and you can listen to to stuff that is quality, but it's not going to be on radio stations or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so the the female-oriented one is probably the first one I'm going to launch, and that will probably be. Hopefully by August. All right. You heard it here first, guys. August 2019. And if you want to sponsor it, oh, my gosh. Yes. So that's, look- a, that's a good segue. How can our audience find out more about Freedom Nation Productions or sponsorships or getting a podcast or anything like that? Um, you can call me, first of all, 214-250-1321. You can go to my website, which I don't want Bit Brandon to go to right now. Oh, I'm on it right now. <laughs> I've got some... Um, some website guilt in me because it's not really the greatest website, but freedonation.com gives you the basic info, um, gives you the basic contact information. We can find me at any chamber event. Yes, literally in the Metroplex, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Collin County. Yeah, Collin County. All right. 
Awesome. Mark, thank you so much for jumping in and uh, coming up. His office is literally like down the hall and down the stairs. We're like right below you guys. Yeah. Oh, no, you're a little no, bit farther this way, but okay. we're close. Yeah, we're very, very close. close. Yeah. So thanks for uh, coming in on a Saturday. Thanks for recording with us. It's always fun to talk with you, and now we have some uh, some recording with that. So uh, really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And if you guys are just now tuning in, uh, this is your first episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss out on any of the podcast episodes. And if you've been listening for a while, please do us a, a favor and go to iTunes and leave us an honest rating and review. This helps us um, not only reach more people, but uh, to continue to critique the podcast, which makes us um, create better content. All right, guys, we will see you next week. The Marketing Natives Podcast is a production of Bit Branding.